0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to A to Z, Arizona Sports All Day, live in the Bill Austin Radio Studio. I'm Hayden Silly, one of your hosts, and with me, as always, one of my Valley boys and Jonah Krell. And...
1: It has been a roller coaster of a week in Arizona sports. When she said it never stops, Hayden, it never stops. It truly doesn't. And you know we have a lot of serious things to get through today. And and we would love to to talk about just sports, but that just it's not always how the cookie crumbles. So I'm I'm excited to get into this today. Yeah, I mean,
0: and with with, with that being said, uh, we're gonna get into our first sort of segment, which which we call quick hitters. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and start with mine and it was actually that Phoenix Mercury guard Skylar Diggins-Smith made the first team All-WNBA on Thursday and she had one of the best years of her career Um, she was clearly the best player on on Phoenix, no disrespect to Diana Tarazi, but uh, had averages of 19.7 points, 5.5 assists, and and 1.5 steals per game she actually averaged about a block a game as well, which is a career high for her, and her points per game was the highest of her career since 2014 where she averaged over 20 And uh, her scoring average ranked her third in the WNBA this season. And she played a career high 34 minutes a game. And she was one of six Mercury players that played in at least 30 games. So longevity, as well as just her skill set, you know, definitely, definitely impressive. It still remains to be a mystery whether she's going to join the team uh, next season or not. But regardless, I mean, this is still an impressive accomplishment. Nonetheless,
1: yeah, I was just about to say There's still uncertainty. I mean, it's just how it is with every (laughs) team here in the Valley. Um, But, you know, she's just a talented player and I just love the swagger that she plays with and the leadership that she brings. And not not only that, but the the social awareness that she brings to the table, uh, talking about Brittany Griner, So she is a key piece to the Mercury. And now for my quick hitter, ASU's David Hooge, one of the golfers in the entire country one of the top amateurs in the country the ninth ranked amateur in the world has announced that he is joining live golf he's turning pro and he's actually competing in a a live invitational tournament this weekend in chicago just this is really interesting you know because we haven't really seen college players make that jump or get swayed into live but now He's foregoing his amateur status (laughs) his senior year. I mean, probably going to make noise again this year with the Sun Devils, who have a great team. Uh, Two time All-American. But no, he's going 12. It's just live continues to make their mark. I just find this very interesting. I 100% agree with you. I think sort of
0: the clash almost between the PGA Tour and live. It's very interesting. But like you said, uh, with a player like who, I mean, he's, you know, he's still 20 years old. That's that's what's crazy. Like you mentioned, he's a two time American, you know, in 2021 and this year, respectively. And it's just going to be really exciting. I mean, he's already played into, you know, he's already played as an amateur to live events so far. So, I mean, I think this is just going to be, you know, a huge step for him, you know, in his golfing career
1: moving forward. Absolutely. And with that, let's get into the first topic we have today. And... Truly, this might just go the entire show because it just brings so many elements to it. And Hayden, we were we were thinking about talking about the D-backs today, uh, doing a whole show on them. And then this bombshell news broke and we just sort of had to drop everything and focus our attention to this. And so that brings us to our first topic, Robert Sarver, after a year-long, nearly year-long investigation, finishing off, concluding their investigation and delivering some key findings, saying that Sarver spoke, uh, said repeated the N-word several times, at least five occasions where he said the N-word. I'm just reading from their statement. Inequitable conduct toward female employees made sex-related comments in the workplace, inappropriate comments about the physical appearance of female employees, and In several cases, inappropriate physical conduct toward male employees. And then lastly, demeaning and harsh treatment of employees, including yelling and cursing at them. So, I mean, this is just a lot. Uh, A lot of it was detailed in the ESPN.com article by Baxter Holmes, but Finally, the NBA comes out with its near year-long report. 80,000 documents, 320 individuals interviewed. Just the whole scope of this thing, remarkable. And in the end, the suspension, one year, and the fine, $10 million. After all that, that's what Adam Silver and the league comes out with in their statement. He can't go to any... MBA facilities or participate in any events and during his suspension complete a training program re- focused on respect and appropriate conduct in the workplace so yeah 10 10 million dollar fine one year suspension Hayden I'll just open the floor to you I mean where do you want to start with all this what are your thoughts when this first came out I don't know where to start This is um, this is egregious, I think, to say the
0: least. Um, This report, uh, when you talked about it being published by Baxter Holmes, there's actually an initial report just of allegations in November of 2021. I read through it. It's about a 7,200 word page story or 7,200 word story, excuse me. And the the allegations in there when I was reading it, it was so specific. It was almost so specific for it not to be true. You know what I mean, and you you look at this investigation by you know by the law firm that uh that that that, that the NBA hired you know in Walktel, Lipton, Rosen, and Katz. Um, it, it's it just makes me sad because you know nobody should act like this. You know if this were honestly if this were someone like you or me doing this, what 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 would happen? We, we would, would get fired. Yeah, we would get fired. We would get reprimanded. We would get we, we would get canceled, and he's not going to. I think this is an issue that stems much deeper than much deeper than just sport. You know, this is an owner of a team, and because he has money, and because he has a lot of power, that people are not going to. They're not going to give him. The same type of punishment that they would give you or myself, but uh, ju- just to get back to it, I mean, I, I could I could go on. I, I want to hear what you have to say
1: before before I add anything else. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, just the whole timing of this Tuesday morning was insane for me. Uh, I'll. I'll just give you the quick story. So I I actually did a presentation for a class on the whole Robert Sarver uh, Baxter Holmes story. And so I, I was uh, just outlining everything that happened, my two cents on the son's re- uh, reaction in terms of their strategic communication, uh, outlining you know their response to the whole thing. And the next class period, Tuesday morning, we go a little bit more in depth on the whole Sarver story and and sort of how the Suns handled it. And all of a sudden, when my professor is talking, someone blurts out, uh, as we're, we were like saying, uh, we're, we just have to wait until the investigation comes out. Someone literally blurts out, the investigation just came out, came out with their findings. And the whole room just dropped for a second. Like it was like literally five minutes earlier, they, they released it on Twitter and it was just, the, the whole timing was, insane and i was just a little taken aback by all of that being thrown at me at one point and in the end hayden i want to point out one specific sort of graph from the nba statement and it's that let's see if i can find it so the investigation made no finding that mr sarver's workplace misconduct was motivated motivated by racial or gender-based on, this is unbelievable that they would say that the dude literally he pantsed himself in front of employees he pants another person in front of employees he said the n-word uh, uh, like five times he engaged in instances he, he talked about sex in front of female employees i mean how is this not racial racially motivated how how is this conduct not racially motivated how can you say that like just outright in terms of this is there's nothing but what he's saying here like, look at, look at the action, look at the words. And I was just, I, I couldn't believe what I was reading there. And then Adam Silver comes out the next day and I I couldn't believe what he was saying. That was the most bumbling, stumbling Adam <laughs> Silver I've ever seen. Like I, I, I've never like seen a, him. I like, almost like a dead man walking. Yeah, I've never seen him that just like unprepared almost for, for these questions. And he goes into talking about the rights of an owner how you know the rights of an owner are a little bit different from a player or, or uh, you and me an average joe and i was like are you seriously defending this guy are you saying you know this guy has different rights than than us and he literally said at the top of the press conference that sarver's actions were indefensible and then he walks back his comments later in talking about oh there's different standards for owners rather than players we got to kick ke- Take that into consideration. I mean, come on, man. Like after all that, after all these under Adam Silver, the league has been in good hands in terms of battling social injustice, reacting to things in society and doing the best they can. He handled the Donald Sterling situation well. He handled the bubble well. He handled Black Lives Matter extremely well and sort of letting the players take that stance. But this is just ridiculous. 10 years, I mean, 10 million, that's pocket change for Robert Sarver. One year, when he comes back, what do you think's gonna happen? I mean, you think he learned his lesson in one year by going to this training program? No, I mean, Sarver is Sarver. He he is who he is. One year isn't gonna cut it. He needed to ban him for life. People talk about the difference between the Sterling case and the Sarver case saying that there was an audio file for Donald Sterling. I almost feel like Sarver's actions are just as bad in terms of offending multiple groups of people. You have confirmation that this thing happened. I, I know people say, oh, there was a, a physical, there was a recording for, for Sterling, but you literally proved right here in your report in terms of all these uh, accusations, you you proved that they were correct. And he's, he's saying the N-word, you know, when people are saying you can't say that stuff. And he just regurgitates it from what he was hearing. Like, come on. Like how, how is this uh, how how is this worthy of one year? You know? Yeah. Like I, I almost feel like this conduct, like we were you were talking about, an average person wouldn't be able to say this stuff. They would get fired in their in their real job. Mm-hmm. But when you're offensive to women, misogynistic, racist, you get ten million dollar fine for an owner and one year suspension. No, this is banned for life yeah. scenario. And so I know I talked a lot there but there's just a lot in my mind what what do you have to say about all that like I mean, you like like you said it
0: feels like a slap on the wrist yeah. to Sarver and here's here's the thing that really got me going um so there's a uh, I think uh, Sarver's lawyer uh, Thomas A Claire um, and basically uh, Claire stated that the ESPN story by Baxter Holmes was defamatory it was dem- demonstrably false um and here's here's the paragraph here's what Claire writes um I, I won't go. I'll go into what's bolded here. Uh, Mr. Sarver is one of the few NBA owners who continues to support and advance the development of women's professional basketball. He recently invested $7 million to provide the Phoenix Mercury with the -the state-of-the-art training and practice facility. Um, Okay, look. Just because you support women's basketball does not make you a good person. It does not allow you to get off of punishment because you support the opposite sex. It, it just, it, life does not work that way. It, it just, it, it doesn't. And uh, there's a very similar situation uh, that happened in the WNBA uh, with a lady named Kelly uh, Kelly Leffler mm-hmm. or Loeffler, excuse me. And she was the owner of the Atlanta Dream. Um, she was like a majority owner and she was running for uh, for senator of Georgia and she basically stated how she didn't support The black lives matter movement thought it was you know along the lines of a terrorist organization and just said a bunch of ridiculous things and the players literally revolted against her they voted for her opponent in the senate race and she lost and like i i I thought that would be sort of the last time that anything like that would happen when it comes to you know being misogynistic racist and especially especially like in the WNBA. Because about, you know, as of 2021, nearly 75% of the league, they're black women. And like, no one would want to go and play for an owner who, who's, who's going to be racist, who's going to be misogynistic, who's going to say all these different things. If I were a player and I knew that about Robert Sarver, I would say no. Even if they offered me the most amount of money or most incentives or blah, 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 I, I wouldn't go. There's just there's some things in life that are that are worth more than, you know, you know, than a dollar sign. And I think that, you know, I I think if you're if you're players, I don't i don't know how you continue to play i i I really don't and i haven't really been for you know i haven't been for protesting games really ever like in my entire life but i think this is a very different circumstance because this is the guy at the very top this is the guy that dictates a lot of what happens and robert Sarver is also he's a very hands-on owner it'd be one thing if you know if he just you know kept his hands off the steering wheel and just let, you know, let the front office, let the GM, you know, president of basketball operations do what they need to do. But he, he does, and I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, he didn't re-sign uh, Joe Johnson, um, Suns, uh, you know, Suns wing player in the mid-2000s. And then he proceeded to make, uh, he proceeded to make the next five all-star games with the Atlanta Hawks. Um, he traded away uh, future all-stars in Rajon Rondo and Luol Deng. Um, and just a bunch of sort of boneheaded moves, I would say. And you know, I, I'm all for I'm all for ownership trying to get involved, but that's literally why you hire a GM. You hire them to make those decisions. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, the, the team has sort of been downhill ever since he bought the team in 2004. And everybody says, well, you know, he had Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire. I mean, Jerry Colangelo really brought them in. Jerry Colangelo made really made the Suns who they were made the city of Phoenix a basketball town. No disrespect to any of the other sports, no disrespect to the Cardinals, D-backs, Mercury, but Phoenix will forever be a basketball town. And, you know, it's it's a shame that it's taken 18 years
1: for this sort of stuff to come out for them to And f- by the way, he yeah. said some of this stuff in 2004 when he oh first Lord. became an owner. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> saying the N-word and stuff like that. Like, how do you not factor that in?
0: Yeah, that's, you know what, that's a very good question. Um, it was actually funny, I, I hopped on a podcast um Tuesday as soon as the news dropped, literally a few hours afterwards. And um, it, 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 it's very interesting. I think the timing of this is really interesting. I, I kind of want to throw a little curveball at you. Do I think it's any coincidence that the timing is now when this when the Phoenix Suns players and the Phoenix Mercury players are, you know, are in their are still in their off seasons. Training camp hasn't started for the Suns yet. Do do I think that it's really a coincidence that the timing of this took place now? So then that way players don't really have to deal don't have to deal with it towards the media because we look at the Donald Sterling situation that happened in the middle of the playoffs as yeah. they're playing the Golden State Warriors and they threaten not to play and the Clippers threaten not to play. But you know I, I don't I don't like to throw hypotheticals out there. But you know I, I I wouldn't be surprised if Phoenix kind of told the league to sit on it. Maybe I mean I I would be surprised. I mean, Robert Sarver even disagreed with his punishment. Like, he was very open about that. And then obviously, he published a statement saying, I'm sorry for what I've done.
1: I, I take full responsibility, is what yeah. he said. Yeah. But uh, you're talking about the players. They shouldn't have to uh, come out. Like, this should not be up to the players to make the stance, but they're forced to, yet again, similar to the Donald Sterling situation. And they, I don't know, did you see uh, what Chris Paul said uh, and LeBron James said, too? yeah actually team. I have I have LeBron stuff in front of me right here yeah do, go ahead
0: uh, so basically he said he said it read through the Sarver story a few times now our league definitely got this wrong um, like I said it before uh, and I'll say it again there's no place in this league for that kind of behavior there's no place for misogyny sexism and racism in any workplace doesn't matter if you own the team or play for the team we hold this league up as an example of our values and this ain't it and yeah do, do you have do you have Chris Paul's
1: statement on you Uh, I am looking for it right now, but yeah, Um, so this is big because LeBron is the leader of the NBA. He's the most important player in basketball. Uh, But Chris Paul spoke up as well. And that's what we really needed to hear, because he is the leader of this team. Uh, Devin Booker is also there. But Paul has been, you know, former uh, president of the Players Association. And and I'm just happy that he spoke up. I think it was a little vague, like he could have done a little bit more. um, But I mean, at least he he did come out and say something. And the tide is starting to shift a little bit in terms of people coming out and and voicing their displeasure in this uh ruling by the NBA. PayPal came out and said that uh, they're not going to renew their sponsorship sponsor sponsorship with the Suns uh if Sarver remains after this year-long suspension. And then Jam Najafi, one of the m- minority owners for the Suns, comes out and he's been uh he hasn't liked Robert Sarver from the jump. They they've never seen eye to eye, but he came out and he's got the second uh I believe the second highest percentage in terms of minority stake and he is calling for Sarver's resignation. In the middle of that, you also have uh, the leader of the MLB, not MLB, the NBA PA, uh, Players Association. Um, I forget who that person, what her name was, but um, just a bunch of names coming out. Even Mayor Kate Gallego Mm -hmm. of Phoenix. I mean, everyone is coming out and and speaking their mind. And if Adam Silver is not seeing this, then I I don't know what he is seeing because this is all over the place in terms of people coming out, voicing their display, And this is sort of building that case against Sarver and Let's see if Silver does something about it, you know? Yeah. Is is he going to say, maybe this was too light and let's rethink this thing over the year? Like, is is there anything that he can do to change this, uh, this ruling to make it harsher? And also the minority owners can vote out Sarver if they rule that uh, he wasn't acting in the fiduciary um, duties of the team, hurting the team's ticket sales, ticket revenue. And and this is showing with the PayPal coming out, PayPal coming out and saying they won't renew their sponsorship. This is like everyone is saying this was bad. I want the minority owners, the the minority orders to come out and vote him out now because they have that opportunity. They have the it's right in front of them as to the evidence and what this could mean in terms of revenue and consequences for the team. It's all right there. Like Sarver should not be allowed to come back. Yeah, he 100% shouldn't. I I don't want to say we've touched on everything, but,
0: you know, we've touched a lot on the major points. And everything sort of goes back to Sarver being neglectful and just really just abusing his power, abusing the status that he has. And, you know, I think what really what, what the sad part really is, Jonah, is to me, it's this. It's that these these allegations have gone on for a while. And it's not just the report that came out in you know in november of last year but it's culminated ever since he took over um and there's an example i really want to give of 2008 told a pregnant woman or a pregnant yep. employee she couldn't continue her role like this is what he said and and i quote because a baby needs her mom not her father like why like you know it's th- th- this starts this starts from the top people want to talk about oh well why is uh why are these things happening you know why is you know why are instances Of racism and misogyny, so common, you know, in these types of instances. Look at look at who's at the top. Yeah, you have it. I'm not trying to throw shade at anybody, but you have you have older white guys. Yep, they grew up in a time where that was normalized, but that can't be used as an excuse. No, exactly. And. You know like you cannot times change times evolve your way of thinking you know Let let's say let's say if i'm you know if i'm 50 years old right let's say we, we fast forward 30 years in time and you know times change and if i still perpetrate some of the same behavior now it might not be accepted because like he's the same person yeah, that he exactly was. but it's i'm telling you it's because he has money And because he's in a position of ownership that nobody can really do anything. Because since he's that involved, he holds everything in the palm of his hand. Why doesn't he just sell the team?
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he
0: he threatened to move them to Vegas a couple years ago because the... Because the city didn't want to do renovations and this, the city almost pulled up, you know, pulled what the city of Glendale did to the Coyotes and they almost were just like, okay, but you know, because of the, because of the, you know, we've been around since 1968. Yeah. Like yeah. It, I guarantee if, if we haven't had any kind of success like that, you know, making three, three finals appearances, I guarantee you the city would have said, bye, we don't want to deal with you anymore.
1: Right. But, but going back to my point, like, why not sell the team? Robert, I hate to break it to you, but everyone hates you at this point. Like, what's what's your reasoning for wanting to continue on as the owner? You're, you're still rich. I mean, like, you don't need this. I, I, everyone is going to hate you for the rest of your tenure here because of everything that you said. And I just go back to that clause of it not being racially or gender-based animus in terms of how how does this not reflect on his character, NBA? How how is this not representative of who Robert Sarver is if he's doing these these actions, you know, he said he literally flat out said, I hate diversity in in a statement. Like how what? the MBA this goes wait, 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 exactly wait. against there's, what the NBA stands for.
0: There's no way he said that.
1: He did. What? Look, look it up on Twitter. It's <laughs> all there. But like all of these different things are there for Adam Silver to see. Plain as, plain as day. I mean, like it's it doesn't take someone with a high level of, you know, intelligence to know that this is bad stuff. And the NBA just gave him like we said, we keep repeating this, put a slap on the wrist. I mean, he, he literally $10 million, his pocket changed for him. And going back to what you were talking about, about the WNBA, these are black women that he offended. Like mm-hmm. you, you uh put them together, like black people and women. He he didn't, he didn't uh, miss any boxes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like how, the players are not going to want to stand for this. The yeah. Pl- And the players shouldn't have to, but they're forced to now in terms of speaking up. And I just don't think there's any way Silver survives this. I I think we're... This is just beginning. And I think when the year comes up, I think there, I think the owners will have to vote him out in terms of maybe the all 30 voting or the Suns uh, collectively minority owners coming out. And because we, we're already st- seeing it shift in terms of the PayPal statement, John Najafi uh, coming out, calling for his resignation. People are already starting to make their voices heard. The players, Chris Paul, I mean, it's all right there. And I, I don't think he survives this, to be honest. That's my prediction. Yeah, I, I agree with you. There's no way he does. And if he does, it is going to be
0: it's gonna be a poor reflection on the NBA. And the Suns. I mean yeah. the Suns are, are gonna look terrible for this. Yeah. I mean that I, I think if you're the Suns, you're in a very interesting position because like like you said, you know, obviously you could get the minority owners to sort of vote him out, but like but you can't actually like make him make him get out. Or sell sell yeah. the team. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do that. like I think if, like you mentioned, when you talk about all, you know, all 30 owners coming together and voting him out, I think that's a completely different story. I think that will actually, that will make sure that justice is being served. But I think that will be a lot more challenging. Yeah. To just get everyone on board. Yeah, I just, I mean, because I don't really have like any of that sort of information when it comes to minority owners and whatnot and how that voting process is. Otherwise, I would comment more on it or I would talk more about it but you know whatever at this point you know the, the sun's just they got to do what they got to do they got to do what is in the best public interest because at the end of the day guess what the nba is still a business the phoenix suns are still a business and if i guarantee you mark my words if robert sarver maintains you know maintains majority ownership he is going to lose a ton of money because sponsorships like you said like paypal they won't they won't want footprint, to footprint yeah i mean yeah i mean, footprint at? yeah i mean you could go you go as far to say you know footprint will take away the naming rights to the stadium and you know there's so many different factors that that are at work here and you know like like you said I know I I sound sound like like I'm beating a dead horse but you know you you got to get them out you got to get them out and not even for not even for you know for the business side but just to do
1: the right thing that's all that's all they need to do just do the right thing exactly um and and one more point uh before we we move on because I know we've touched on everything but we're we're journalists here Mm -hmm. and And I just want to say when Baxter Holmes' story came out uh, last November, people were sort of writing him off and saying, oh, we got to wait until the NBA investigation comes out. He was right on the money. And people need to give him some more credit for the reporting he did in terms of finding these sources, but backing it up and finding multiple people who could confirm that and just putting together this entire expose on Robert Sarver like just kudos to Baxter home for everything that he did and in the end it was all true we didn't need to wait this long to know who Robert Sarver was because he's been this way this entire time and I think everyone in the valley can see it we've all wanted him gone for a long time because of the stuff you you said at the beginning in terms of just his poor ownership getting meddling in basketball operations but this is a new level of just absolute you know unacceptable unacceptableness is that yeah. a word i mean <laughs> uh, mis- misbehavior be. but um yeah so i just wanted to leave it at their baxter home you know just a stellar job mvp yeah <laughs> it, yeah it, real quick i
0: because i do want to touch on baxter homes because like, like you said he he received a lot of flack he even received flack from the phoenix suns organization and how they put out something that is like oh they're trying to disrupt ownership and everything this and is the most false reporting i've ever seen yeah and it was spot on and all the citations that he did did and the way that he attributed people without, you know, without exposing their identities or anything like that. It is just, you know, if you if you want to know how to be a good journalist when it comes to like investigative reporting and th-
1: that sort of aspect, read the story, read the story. Mic drop right there. Absolutely. Uh, and now let's go on to our it's follow. It's, it's hard to follow that. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> we, we we wanted to talk as well about the Arizona Cardinals and just the absolute let's just say it's, it's a th- 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 they they pooped the bed. They, yeah. They pooped the bed. Yeah. Uh, it was it was an absolute blank show. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, that's how bad it was last week against the Chiefs, forty-four to twenty-one. But it was it was worse than that, and it was what thirty-seven to seven at one point in the yeah. fourth quarter. Yep. I, I know you did, you weren't even watching it because you had some homework to do. And, and kudos uh, I, to you. Yeah. You know, you didn't even have to watch that. I I wasted my entire afternoon watching that game. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, I saw I saw the score.
0: Um I saw it on Bleacher report. Yeah, thirty seven to seven. And I'm like, Oh I'm like okay. I'm like I'm checking my fantasy team. I'm like, is Juju Smith Schuster doing good? I mean he had a he had a solid game, but you know, Patrick Mahomes spreading the love to everybody. But <laughs> yes, uh with the Cardinals, like you said, they played terrible. It was a dumpster fire, to say the least. Granted, obviously, you know, no DeAndre Hopkins, no Rondell Moore, no J.J. Yeah, Watt, no J.J. Watt, like, you know, they, a couple cornerbacks as well. Yeah, like they were they had the odds definitely stacked so against line. them. I can go on, yeah. sorry. No, no, I mean, literally like, almost half the team was injured. And you know what? I think the fact, though, that they still scored 21 points, hey, granted, some of it was in garbage time.
1: <laughs> but look at you trying to be positive.
0: Yeah, just, you know what, man? I mean, it, it's, it's the Chiefs. Am I surprised that they scored 44 points? No, I'm really not. Because Patrick Mahomes is that guy. That offense is elite. Is In my opinion, it's still... It's still the best in football, just in my mind. So we had a lot to go up against, but I mean, Kyler, 22 of 34, 193 yards and Two touchdowns. Had a really good touchdown to Marquise Brown in the back of the end zone, uh, which was nice to see. He played pretty good, um, but he, here's where I was kind of concerned. Um, James Conner only had 10 carries in 26 yards. Granted, he had a touchdown, but yeah, they they stuffed him on the run, and then I want to get your thoughts on this just about the defense. 44 points and 488 total yards. Kelsey had over 100, I think... 121 yeah, yards. Yeah. Smith-Schuster had over... Had over 80 yards 79 but yeah. uh, or, <laughs> oh, oh, was it 79 i have it in front of me okay yes. <laughs> uh but yeah like mahomes was spreading the love and nobody could contain anybody um yeah jonah you you said you mentioned how you watched the game in its entirety um almost in yeah its entirety. A- almost i
1: gave up towards you know <laughs> middle of the fourth uh but yeah uh, just my thoughts on it yeah um the defense was absolutely shameful i mean you were talking about it. This is Patrick Mahomes. This is the Chiefs. This is Andy Reid. But still, I mean, Isaiah Simmons is is the main culprit I'm looking at. <laughs> Everyone was eyeing him to step up this season, including us in our preview of the team, saying this is the year that he's got to show up and, and show his worth and show that Clemson Isaiah Simpson, uh, Isaiah Simmons. And he just got burned a few times if you look at the replays and just sort of uh his positioning i mean travis kelsey just absolutely burned him and he was caught flat-footed a few times missing tackles just like not on the balls of his feet he was just flat and that's not what you should expect from a guy who's wearing the green dot who's calling the plays for the defense and it's not just him but i mean he is sort of in that cog in the middle and he did nothing Zavin collins did didn't do much as well but the secondary was absolutely terrible um You look at guys like Marco Wilson and uh, Byron Murphy, just it was flat. It was a no show. And, you know, you got Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson as the safeties. But uh, I mean, we know the talent that they bring, but this the corners are a concern. And Mahomes just gashed the defense. I mean, there was holes after holes in in that coverage and they just couldn't do anything. It, It was it was just embarrassing. It really was. That's that's the best word to describe it. I know it's Patrick Mahomes, but I expected a little bit more. Yeah, there was I felt there was no fight, which was weird.
0: And even even Cliff Kingsbury said after the game, he's like, you know, he's like, I feel that this is like a, it almost felt like a preseason game the the way that they played. Um, but there's there's something interesting I want to bring up because for whatever reason the Cardinals stink whenever <laughs> whenever they play at home. You know, like last season, for example, on the road they were eight and one. They're eight and one on the road, dude. And you know they set a new franchise record for road wins in a season. And the reason I say that is because you know they're going to Vegas, um, they're, they're going to Sin City, uh, this week and you know to play the Raiders and I, I don't know why it just I, I almost wish all 17 of our games could be or sorry all 16 of our of our games could be on the road you know they they just they play better they play with a chip on their shoulder and
1: not to mention uh you you've been to uh State Farm Stadium yes. they have the worst home field advantage I have ever seen that's a fact that's
0: yes bro They're, it's <laughs> terrible like okay yeah. I went um, I, I think i went about three years ago it was when the Steelers came to town. I went to that game and there was so <laughs> much black and yellow and ta- and towels waving so much. And I'm like, granted, I, I understand it's the Steelers, right? I understand the the, the history of that franchise, but I'm like, I'm like, we don't have a little bit of pride. <laughs> we don't have a little bit of pride oh, in our rookie QB who got absolutely decimated by that defense. But, you know, that, that's besides the point, though. But yeah, they have a terrible, a terrible home field advantage. So it's almost like when they play on, when they go on the road, it's they're just like, oh, you know, it kind of feels like normal. But I don't know. I don't know where that sense of
1: urgency went. I don't know where, I don't know where that real competitive spirit was. We definitely didn't see it from Kyler Murray. Yeah. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on on the offensive showing? I, I talked a lot about the defense, yeah. but Kyler just looked completely unlike his usual situation. He he barely ran the ball. And I think that a lot of it has to do with the protection mm-hmm. issues. I mean, there was just he was running for his life and and no one was really separating themselves. So I was very much disappointed in, in the debut of Hollywood Brown. Uh, but what were your thoughts on the offense? Who do you sort of put blame on? All that kind of stuff.
0: I like how you point towards the offensive line because I, I, I would agree. Um, Chris Jones was just eating people alive out yeah. there. He was making Kyler Murray run for his life. It's not just on Kyler. Yeah, no. exactly. And, you know, I think it's hard for Kyler to have that confidence when he's not protected because he always has to be on the move that he can't, you know. I think one of the craziest things that sometimes I don't think people realize about Kyler Murray is that he is a great pocket passer just as much as he is on the move like if you get him you know four or five seconds in the pocket he's gonna find someone who's open he's gonna put the ball in the right spot and when he's consistently on the run you know granted I know how great he is how dynamic and athletic but it's hard to make the right play when you're constantly under pressure when you're under duress um so I have a little bit of blame you know sort of to go there but I I just thought their their middle of the field work was just subpar to say the very least uh i, I know that you know i know that the I know that the chiefs have anthony hitchens you know he's still he's still a solid linebacker and you know i think they have willie gay as well and you know th- those are solid linebackers but you know pressure the middle of the field you have a guy in greg dorch that's got good hands he's 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 a fat he's a fast he's a fast cat marquise brown same thing You could kill them with speed. You don't have to do just verticals all the time. I thought that they lacked a little bit of creativity. But then again, it's it's hard to be creative when, you know, it's hard to have plays develop when, you know, you have a six foot four, 280 pound defensive lineman charging at you. So I do want to put a decent chunk of the blame on that O-line. Because I don't think that they gave Kyler Murray enough time to sort of let things develop.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you there. But how about uh, how about Greg Dortch? Yeah, I, that's just an amazing name, Greg Dortch. I got to say that yeah, all the dude, time. That, that,
0: that, that goes off the tongue nicely. It's like one of those like those emphasizing names. Like, how,
1: how about a uh, how about we uh, us getting a Jim Nance and Tony Romo for that beatdown? down? You gotta love it, right? Yeah, number one broadcaster for <laughs> CBS. That was great. <laughs> oh yeah, they're. they're 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 studs. Love those two. Um, We have another game
0: on CBS. Wow. Yeah. Look at this. Maybe maybe we might get Nansen Romo again. Oh, boy. I hope we don't get (laughs) demolished, but we are going... Oh, you know what? Did I just you say I hope we get the no, no, no? I said I hope we don't get the match. Oh, there you go. But okay. I, I do want to ask you about this because I know you talked a lot about the defense. Um, so yes, Travis Kelsey is great. He's one of the best, if not the best, tight end in all of football. But you're going, you're going to Vegas, and you're going up against what many people still think to be the best receiver of football, and Devonte Adams. Um, I, I don't know if there's any kind of game plan, but how do you? <laughs>
1: How do you think the Cardinals should limit him? I mean, I think that it, this is—it's not great, but you need to put Byron Murphy on him. I think I think he's our best shot as uh, a lockdown cor- corner as there can be. Uh, but you need to have someone over the top of him immediately. Just have it, that other safety be just a blanket on him. Um, what do you think in terms of man or zone? Uh,
0: you know, I, I'll, I'll I'll probably say zone because we we all we all know Tay can get
1: elite separation yes yeah. with, with man-to-man if you do man on him i mean he's just he's just gonna juke you out in, yeah in a second
0: i mean i would rather i'd rather give up you know eight yards on a zone play than just have it be a one-on-one yeah and you know and you know he be gone
1: you know 10 to 15 yards in front of his defender yeah definitely um but it's gonna present a challenge i think the the raiders did show something against the chargers in week one i mean um they they were down 24 to 10 at one point against the Chargers, but they they came back, they made it a game, uh, lost 24 to 19, and just sort of ran out of time there. But I think the Raiders are still gonna be a force in that division. Yeah. I mean, people are talking about being at the best division in football for a reason, the AFC West. Uh, but this is still going to be a challenge. I mean, Derek Carr can play a little bit inconsistent at times, and I think that presents an opportunity for the Cardinals secondary to make a play. Let's see. I mean, they cannot put Marco Wilson on Devontae Adams. That is suicide. Marco
0: Wilson will draw. Dude, we should do an over-under for Marco Wilson pass interference penalties (laughs) because I'm for certain he had like four or five
1: of them on on Sunday. Yeah, I mean... That was just embarrassing, like I said. <laughs> and the the injury problems are not stopped. Rondo mm-hmm. Moore is ruled out oh, for he's, this game. Oh, yep. he's out? Andy Isabella ruled out. Antoine Wesley, he's on the IR. DeAndre Hopkins, he's suspended. Oh, <laughs> so we got... For the second straight week, A.J. Green, Marquise Brown, Greg Dortch, Zach Ertz. Um, I expect perhaps Trey McBride to get some looks. a rookie, maybe. But uh, just another week where Kyler's going to have some some wide receivers who, who might struggle to get separation. We're still looking for Holly, Hollywood Brown uh, to make that leap. We expected it to be this year. You know, breakout performance did not come in week one. So perhaps that can show up this week against the Raiders. Yeah. But, yeah and you go from facing a bunch of pressure
0: against the Chiefs, like like interior pressure. Guess who guess who you have to face? Chandler Jones. Yep. And Max Crosby. And Max Crosby. <laughs> Both on opposite sides. Uh, good good luck to uh, I, you know i think dj humphreys can hold his own he's shown a yeah, very good ability to definitely. do so kelvin beecham is the one that concerns me beecham has had a history of many holding calls uh just honestly throughout his career throughout you know since he came to arizona and if they can at least limit the damage they can do you know on the interior i really think that kyler murray can have a big game but that's that's what it's going to come down to if they can limit often max crosby and chandler jones get to the kyler then i i, I really think the offense will open up there'll be more looks you know Kyler will be more comfortable because that's what I think happened last game that was the big issue he just couldn't
1: get into a rhythm right he couldn't get comfortable you just got to establish that early yeah and and the good thing is that it's still early on in the season I think we all expected that this would be a loss to the Chiefs in week one I I said double digits Yes. I did not think it would be (laughs) uh, the way it was in terms of the final score Uh, but that's besides the point I think you know, this is still an opportunity to grow. They didn't look prepared at all. Yeah. In week one, the, it, they just were flat on all sides, uh, both sides. And just like you said, no rhythm whatsoever, no preparation. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, Vance Joseph, like that was a shameful play calling performance as well. In terms of some of the like uh the fourth down calls that Cliff was doing. It was just I, I it was a while ago so I don't remember it off the top of my head, but I was just somewhat feeling beside myself in terms of the play calling. You couldn't get the run going. And then once you you tried to, it was just already too late in terms of game script. So I'm looking for a more complimentary showing. They gotta get James Conner rolling and They have to just look more complimentary to help out Kyler Murray. Like you said, it can't just be all pass, pass, pass. Uh, So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. And I'm still, like I said, I'm I'm waiting on, I'm I'm keeping cautious optimism this season. I'm not getting my hopes up, but I expected a loss to the Chiefs. I think they'll perform better against the Raiders. Uh, Win, loss, I'm going to say, I'm going to say they get the win. Mm -hmm. i think uh the raiders are still i i don't trust Derek carr as an elite quarterback um granted i don't think kyler murray is an an elite quarterback yet either he's talented but he's not there yet but still i i don't trust Derek carr that much and um i just think it's an opportunity to it's not a very explosive offense in terms of the raiders and even with Devontae Adams, it, it presents challenges. But I think that this is another week for Kyler Murray to, to get more comfortable and in the groove with his wide receivers. Granted, there's a lot of injuries, like I said, but I think they bounce back this week. I agree. I think Derek
0: Carr is a bit of a gambler, and that's no pun intended because they play in Vegas. Uh <laughs>
1: I didn't even think yeah.
0: about that. But that is hilarious. But he, he he does. He takes a lot of chances. And I think if you're if you're the Cardinals, you can capitalize on it. But we need we need Isaiah Simmons to step up big time. Yes. This yes. is if if you're going to pick the game to assert yourself, this this has to be the game to do it. You know, you're going up against Devontae and then Darren Waller as well. And then, you know, and then Hunter Renfro, who I think a lot of people are forgetting about because is now in Vegas. So, this is the time for Isaiah Simmons to show that he can do what he did in college and have it translate over because we've seen that potential we see the talent the talent is there the work ethic is there it's just really about putting it all together if they can if they can do that and then if they can just like I said earlier if they could just contain um they can contain Chandler Jones and Max Crosby on both sides, then I
1: I think it's going to be a win. Absolutely. All right. Well, we got hopes. We think there's going to be a bounce back, but you guys let us know what you think. I mean, obviously last week was embarrassing, but I think, you know, it's the Chiefs. It's a whole different level. So we'll see how they bounce back this week. But let's get into our final segment of the show. Final words where we just talk whatever we want to talk about our final two cents from the show. Uh, Hayden, do you want to start us off with whatever you got planned? Yeah. um, You know, going back to the whole Robert
0: Sarver stuff, um, it is time for accountability and transparency among ownership, um, not just in the NBA but in all sports. I think that this stuff happens a lot more often than we think. I think that this just happens to shine a light on what really goes on. Um it also shines a light on how uh you know allegations and you know some skepticisms may prove to be true. Um I think that I I really I'm disappointed in the conduct that Robert Sarver operated in. I'm disappointed that there was a lack of professionalism or, you know, a lack thereof. Um I I I don't know. I, I don't really know how else to say it other than I'm just I'm disappointed. I'm I'm a bit upset because the phoenix suns and phoenix mercury are both very classy organizations they're winning organizations uh they're some of the best in you know in men's and women's basketball they're honestly some of the best organizations in the world like people want people want to play for phoenix people now wanna play for Phoenix if you're in either the NBA or WNBA respectively. So I'm a bit disappointed. I'm upset because it's unlike Phoenix to have something like this happen. And like I've said a multitude of times on the show so far, I just, I pray,
1: I pray that the Phoenix Suns in the NBA do the right thing. Well said. And uh, for me, you know, it's going to the NBA topic that you were just referring to, I was reading an article this morning on The Athletic by John Hollinger talking about how Adam Silver just completely botched this punishment and his news conference to explain it. And I just want to sort of echo his sentiment in terms of saying, you have 12 months to fix this mess. You have 12 months to to make it right. And your press conference was just terrible in terms of, you you defended this man, basically. You're saying, uh, I think Robert has, uh, a lot of the misbehavior was in the early stages of his time as an owner. Um, And so I just, he said, there are many, many people who had very positive things to say about Sarver through this process. We don't care. The, the, The amount of evidence is right there in front of you. You you have to fix this. If you're Robert Sarver, uh, if you're Adam Silver and the NBA, you have 12 months to get this figured out because he does not deserve to be an owner anymore. It's just it's plain and simple. He doesn't deserve to be an owner. The evidence is right there. For Silver, and I really want to see change happen. We, we've everyone's been calling for this man to be out. Hashtag Sarver out, right? But we have the evidence right in front of us. Adam Silver, it's time to make that to make that move. You have it right in front of you, and the owners, the minority owners for the Suns, PayPal already came out. You know. Let's see who else comes out in terms of this is going to affect the ticket revenue. It's going to affect sponsorship. It's going to affect everything. It's going to give the Suns a terrible look. And right now it's it's time to make the change. Obviously, you messed up with the punishment, but it's still you still got time to make up for it. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah
0: i i really enjoy that that was yeah yeah
1: that was that was heavy That was we needed that conversation hayden so i'm glad that i could do it with you on this fine friday morning yep and with that we want to say thank you for everyone who tuned in and listened and with that being said this has been a to z